Welcome to the first live recorded Swords of the Serpentine playtest. Ooh, it's not the, the first playtest, just the first the live play that we've done. Absolutely. Um, okay, so you have your character sheets both in front of you. I pre-gended these. You can make changes on them as I describe them, but I figured we would get, have a starting place on how to do this. Um, why don't we go over the character sheets first? I'll give you a little bit of a sort of setting background, and then we'll dive into it. Does that work? Yeah, okay, sounds fantastic. Good. Lovely. All right, so... At the top of your character sheet, you'll see you have your name. Fill in your name. Uh, Russ, what are you using? Mandrake. All right. I'm typing in Mandrake on mine. Excellent. And Peter? Silas. Lovely. As a default, the setting sort of defaults to relatively Italianate names, but we don't need to worry about it for this. Frankly, it's whatever the GM wants it to be. Okay. I just happened to write the thing so uh, with a kind of default towards Italian names. Okay. Um, the other the other thing that's worth noting about the setting is that skin color tends to be darker instead of lighter. In fact, the more noble your lineage is, the more likely you are to have darker skin. Okay. Um, and if there is ever any, because it's a theocracy and the city's goddess is a woman, that means that if there's ever any question sort of as to who's in charge, whether it's a man or a woman, it more likely, more usually defaults to a woman. So they tend to be, noble families, for instance, tend to be matriarchies. All right, so at the top of your character sheet, you see you have your name, you have your profession, yep. where Silas is a mercenary and Mandrake is a sorcerer and naturalist. Yes. Am I correct about the naturalist? That's what it says. Okay, well, it doesn't have to be. You can change that. It's your damn character. I don't know what that means, uh, but uh, I'm uh, happy with so it. So what that means, you are insect-obsessed. Do you spend your time uh, out in the swamps examining insects? Mm -hmm. Or are you? Uh, or fans, do you yeah. just happen to have a predilection for them? I like the idea that I have a collection. Okay. And nobody comes near my rooms because they go in there and there's just like all these insect and I, I probably keep them live as well. They're not corpses. They're sure. in little jars and all sorts of things like that. Oh. That's lovely. That's great. I'm sure you date a lot. <laughs> uh, so you'll notice, so when I say naturalist, that's less of a naturalist and more of a creepy, creepy person. Okay, fantastic. So oh. the three things that you look at first on your character sheet are the adjectives, the th what is best in life, mm -hmm. and then your gear of all things. Mm -hmm. So the adjectives don't have a game mechanic. They're merely there to sort of give you a feel for, for who you are. And you should both feel free to change any or all of these if they don't fit what you want to uh -huh. play. They look, they look uh, Peter, do you want to quickly just run, read yours for anyone who's listening? Uh, yes, the objectives for Silas are terrifying, stubborn, gullible, commanding, prepared, vindictive, and greedy. Lovely. Any of those you want to change? Mm, no, I'm all right. Okay, that sounds fine. You have a, your mercenary is very good at ordering people around. Uh -huh. Super deadly, super deadly in combat. You don't have any points of liar's tell, which means it's hard for, harder for you to tell when someone's lying to you. Uh -huh. My assumption for this game is that you are a member of the house guard for Russ's family. Uh -huh. And as long as they continue to pay you, um, you sure will continue to be loyal. Yep. <laughs> uh, Russ, want to run through yours quickly? Yes. Well, mine, mine are perfect. You've nailed this exactly how I was imagining oh, this guy. Lovely. So he's creepy, he's obsessive, he's stylish, he's implacable, and he's pedantic. Yeah, but what about your character, Russ? <laughs> <laughs> so what could we ask for? All right. 
So the, the, the next, the second thing that really sort of defines who you are are the three things of what is best in life. Um, mm -hmm. These in the same way that, you know, um, ostensibly someone asked Conan what is best in life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, uh, this sort of defines who you are and what you love most. It, these do have a game mechanical effect. Once per game, you can tick these off if it applies to something you're trying to do and give yourself plus one on a roll. Okay. Okay. So, Russ, you want to read Mandrakes? Yes. So, the best in life is the buzz of thousands of tiny wings, the blood-red majesty of nature in bite and claw, and claiming what is yours. Does that work? Hmm. Absolutely. All right, fabulous. All right, Peter, you want to read yours? What is best in life? Destroying those who challenge your authority. Increasing your reputation. Getting paid for a job we've, well done. We've gone into the voice already, have we? Wow. I've, I've got to think of a voice for this guy. Creepy. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> someone, someone do a creepy voice so I can try and copy it. A creepy voice? Yeah. Creepy I don't know where you find one of those from. I'm pretty... <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, my you, name is Mandrake. You remember what Peter Laurie sounds like? Ah, yes, of course. Ah, yes. Yes, you should do it like that. Yes, yeah, I like, see no way that could possibly go wrong. <laughs> what was that accent you read out? <laughs> oh, so the third thing that defines who you are is, uh, in addition to your abilities that we'll talk about, is your gear. Mm. Um, and this is a little bit unusual. Instead of having a character description, we want to make sure in this game that uh, somebody can look at your gear and know exactly what kind of a person you are. Mm -hmm. The uh, so Peter, want to run through your gear real fast? Silas's gear. Yes, I have a nice chain armor claimed from a whimpering enemy, a two-handed axe with a blood-stained haft, a uniform, although it does need a wash, an empty wineskin, an empty purse, and best of all, a contract for my employment. Yes, you can add something on there if you wish to do so. Um, Russ, you want to run through yours? Oh, yes. I have a letter from my sister asking me not to visit. <laughs> I have clothing more suited for the swamp than a born. Haunting dreams with thousands of voices and a burning sense of irritation at the man who crossed me. Exactly. Your gear can also include emotions, memories, um... It's not unusual to have for a noble to have a uh, their servant written down his gear, you, especially if they can't remember what his name is. Um, sorry, what Peter? What was your character's name? I just want to write it down. Silas. 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 Just make sure I don't forget that. So the idea behind Gumshoe, as I mentioned the other week, is that we want to make it so that if you are trying to find out information, you'll always succeed at that, and it's up to you what to do with the information that you find. Right. Hmm. So. Your character sheet is split up between investigative abilities that are in the middle of the sheet mm -hmm. and yep. general abilities that are down near the bottom of the sheet. You'll also see your allegiances in the middle right. Those mm -hmm. are the political groups that, you're, uh, that you have allegiances or have as enemies. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, Mandrake has, um, has a rank of allegiances to the ancient nobility mm -hmm. uh, and to the sorceress cabals. Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, and the Church of Denari uh, are... Uh, opposed to him probably i assume because there's a reputation that he might be dealing with unsavory things mm. okay the, uh in comparison silas has two ranks of allegiances to mercenaries and as enemies uh again the church of denari largely because he primarily works for mandrake 
and thus has been tarred with the same brush. So you can use those allegiances just like any other investigative ability, where if you want to find out something about mercenary Silas or about, you know, something sorceress or about the ancient nobility, mm -hmm. I'll give you that information automatically because you have a rank in it. And you can spend those points to influence other people. Mm -hmm. For instance, you could, um, uh, Russ, you, if you needed to call in extra sorceress help, that was uh, to do something you couldn't do, you could call on the Sorceress Cabal, for instance. Right. Mm -hmm. If you needed to rally the nobles to a cause, you could spend your point of ancient nobility, that sort of thing. Or if you really needed to impress people with exactly how important you were, so, that so, might so, be... So these dots are an expendable resource, are they? Yeah. yeah, so, the, so for, the for the general abilities down below, those can come back during the game. Okay. The um, investigative abilities are an expendable resource. You do not stop being good at that thing hmm. just because you spent the resource. Yeah. Right? It's, um, you don't suddenly stop knowing people in the nobility or knowing other mercenaries, but you can't get this cool effect from that a second time. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And really, they're there to be spent, so that's all good. Okay. Because there's only two per people in this party, you have more more of those ranks in, in investigative abilities hmm. than an average party of five players or six players would have. Okay. It, sc it scales up a little bit. Okay. Um, so those investigative abilities, as I was saying, those both define how you see the world and how people see you, and they define what you know. So as we look at Mandrake, uh, and Russ, you can change these around if you want to. Mandrake is not charming in any way, shape, no, or form. Agreed. He's not good at ordering Absolutely people around. Absolutely agreed. Yeah. Yes, he's just he's a, he's he's pretty into he's reasonably intimidating. Your scale on these one rank is really good. Mm -hmm. Two ranks is superb. Mm -hmm. Three ranks is the best most people know. Mm -hmm. Four ranks is the best most people will ever meet in their lifetime, and five ranks is the best is one of the best in the entire city. So right. even one rank is still pretty good. So, so a Mandrake is intimidating. He can tell when people are lying to him. He's got two points in nobility. He's old school nobility. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, more, more, much more social capital than wealth, unfortunately. Um, you are not in any way servile. Mm -hmm. um, you do, you can taunt people, make them angry at you, get their attention, make them so angry that they monologue at you. And you are in no way trustworthy. Mm. That sound good? Sounds good to me. Okay, lovely. And in comparison, as we take a look at Silas, Silas is... Uh, so I don't have you with any points of charm, uh, Silas. We can change that if you want to. I was thinking I possibly have... putting one from command into civility. Sure, that sounds great. Let's do that. Right? So we, then you've got, you've got two ranks in command, mm -hmm. two ranks in intimidation, mm -hmm. no ranks in liars, teller, nobility, mm -hmm. one rank in servility. Mm -hmm. Um, and servility will let you, that basically lets you fit in with the common people. Mm. Blend in, uh, it makes people not notice you, so you can mm -hmm. eavesdrop on them because yep. you're not worth paying attention to. Absolutely. And then I have two points in taunt, and again, no points in trustworthy. We can change that if you want. That seems good. Okay, great. So neither so of us over... are trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> so or neither of you are particularly trustworthy. It's but only a one encounter game, charm. that's fine. Avoid <laughs> charm and trustworthiness. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So, and here's the thing, right? So this describes the mechanical effects. How you describe it is up to you. So for instance, somebody could be so charming, they might not have any ranks in charm, mm -hmm. but they're so charming that um, people fall in love with them instantly and become tongue-tied and refuse to tell them stuff. Mm -hmm. Right? 
the uh, or like that's true with intimidation. You could think that you're you could describe your character as being utterly terrifying, but if you don't have any ranks in intimidation, you're going to scare people into silence. Right. Yeah. In in common media, um, a good example of that is in the movie Moana. Uh-huh. Uh, have you seen it? Yeah, uh, I have not. Okay, well then, Russ, you're going to miss out on this example. But Peter, the Maui yes. thinks he's incredibly charming. Um, yeah, <laughs> yes. not <Yes>. really. <laughs> right? Yeah, sorry. All right. Okay, so then the rest of your investigative abilities describe what you can do. Yeah. Um, and for Silas, you have two, uh, one rank of ridiculous luck. You have two ranks of spot frailty for health which means that you walk through the world seeing the weaknesses in things. Mm. Oh, that hinge is rusty. Yeah. Oh, that enemy has a gap underneath their armpit of their armor. Oh, that giant red dragon has a hollow in the shadow of its left breast where a gem has fallen out. Yeah. That means that you will ignore a number of points of armor of, the, of your enemy right. equal to the rank that you have. Okay. And by spending those points, you can either break stuff or you can communicate that weakness to the other members of your party for a scene. Okay. Just like Bilbo telling the thrush about the lack of uh, the hole in Smog's armor. Yes. And then the thrush uh, let Bard know that. Yeah, same sort of deal. Mm-mm. You have three ranks of tactics of death. As I mentioned the other day, tactics of other death is akin to uh, Prince Humperdinck getting to the top of the Cliffs of Insanity and saying, a mighty duel was fought here, right? As he retraced the duel. You can look at a scene of violence and know what happened. You can also spend those points to do really horrible damage to people. Because you understand how troop movement works, you understand how yeah. uh, how close quarters combat works, you understand how to hurt people. Mm-hmm. And then finally, you have one rank of wilderness mastery. Mm-hmm. If you ever went outside of the city, why would you go outside of the city? Great but if school. you did, you would not starve to death in a ditch. Um, so that's good. Russ, you have all of your, uh, not all of your points in sorcery, because you have two, two ranks of wilderness mastery as well. But most of your other ranks are in sorcerer. So you have three ranks of corruption. This is akin to how powerful your magic is. So there's no such thing as good sorcery. All sorcery comes from a bad place. You rip it out of another world into your world, and it's pretty horrible when you do. So when you actually, you can cast, you can hurt people with sorcery without creating corruption. But if you try to do the big spells, those can pollute yourself or the area around you. With three ranks, you're pretty damn powerful. Each rank gets you a sorceress sphere down at the bottom right-hand corner. And that is the sort of theme that your magic is described by. Yeah. So sure. the first one is insects. Mm-hmm. I took the liberty, you get one sphere per rank. Mm-hmm. I took the liberty of adding two others as wind and blood. Because I kind of like the idea of you just latching onto someone and like a mosquito, draining them entirely of blood. Okay. Just so I can contextualize this a little bit, could you give sure. me a sense of what three ranks of corruption, what sort of effect I could do with that? Sure. So if you did them one at a time, um, basically those ranks of corruption can be used to break the rules in a way that no other ability can do. So um, if I was going to, for instance, describe my sorcerer as um, using the ability of an insect to climb up the side of a building... I can climb up the side of a building at, with the, an athletics test. So I'd have you roll an athletics test and just describe it as using your sorcerer's ability to clamber up the, the building. But if you wanted to, for instance, suspend somebody in midair, there's no other ability which would do that, right? And so you'd have to spend a point of corruption 
in order to make that kind of a spell effect. Okay. Um, each one does about 50% more damage if you tack it on for extra, extra damage than a regular spend does for one of the other abilities because it comes with that penalty of, ca of causing corruption. So here's an example, right? Hmm, let's say I have the Sorceress Sphere of Stone mm -hmm. and I wanted to get into a stone tower. Mm -hmm. With one rank, I could probably rip off the gatehouse. Spending two or, two or three points, I could probably rip the entire front off the tower. Wow. Um, okay. or, or literally open up the tower like a rotten fruit, exposing everything inside of it. Like, give you a feel? Yep. Right. And you can describe, when you hurt people, you describe how you defeat them. So, for instance, if you use your sorcery to take down uh, some foes, you could describe that as, you know their bodies literally dissolving from flesh and turning into a mass of maggots or, uh, or flying insects that then follow you or what have Gravity. you. All we care about is the fact that they're defeated. You get to describe what that means any way you want. Ooh. That makes sense? Ooh, yes. That's true for other stuff as well. So, for instance, um, if Silas is um, incredibly commanding... It, he might decide that he's so terrifying that he just whispers a suggestion and people do it immediately. Uh -huh. He might decide that he uh, just has a naturally commanding personality uh -huh. uh, or that he has a high rank in his mercenary guild. Like, it's totally up to Peter as to what that means. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, sounds good. Be beautiful. Okay, so you've got three ranks of corruption, Russ. Mm -hmm. um, when you spend corruption to create a powerful spell effects, you have a choice. You can either internalize that corruption and something physical on your body changes. Uh, if that's how people get third nipples and hideous warts and extra eyes and scaly skin and that sort of stuff. If you read a swords and sorcery novel and the sorcerer is covering themselves in a heavy cloak, mm -hmm. that's probably why. You could also ex instead externalize that corruption, polluting the area around you. Now, if you weren't in Eversync, that would mean, for instance, like chickens around you would start laying stones instead of eggs. Babies would probably start crying and not stop crying for a year or so. The plants would wither, that sort of thing. If you externalize corruption in the city of Eversink, it literally burns away the goddess's blessing, injuring her, and that's why it's illegal. It's not illegal to be a sorcerer, it's illegal to cause corruption. Make sense? Mm -hmm. You have two ranks of forgotten lore. Forgotten lore tells you um, stuff that nobody else knows, uh, ancient chants or wards, um, trivia, all sorts of stuff like that. Okay. Also, you can spend those points to decide that something is true. If you want to make, you, you have narrative control most of the time, but if you want to make up a fact that is immediately advantageous to you, spending a point of forgotten lore is a pretty good way to do it. Okay, okay you have one point of leechcraft. That's the equivalent of a medical skill. Uh, one rank of Reachcraft tells you you, can, you know about diseases, you know about poisons. You can spend that point to either help someone uh, who is diseased or poisoned, or hey, or give someone a disease or poison them. And then finally, you have one rank of Prophecy, which can give you clues and tell you things about the future, past, or present. It okay. can point you in the correct direction. You can spend that point to help make things come true. Okay. Okay? Beautiful. Excellent. All right. So, last bit is um, your general abilities. As I mentioned the other day, you can attack either health or morale. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can defeat a foe without ever laying a finger on them. Yep. Your athletic abilities are, your general abilities are athletics, running, climbing, jumping, that sort of thing. Your skill here, 
one to three. If you have no points, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. One to three points is decent. Nah, not great. Four to seven points is decent. Eight points or higher, and you're an expert at it. And mm-hmm. if you're an expert at it, you ha- get a cool extra bonus thing. Yes. So, for instance, Mandrake's abilities are three ranks of athletics, three ranks of bind wounds that will let you heal people, mm-hmm. two ranks of burglary, so you're kind of shitty at picking pockets, but you can manage it if you need to, two points of preparedness. You don't usually have what you need on you, but that's because you have a Silas with you, mm-hmm. and four ranks of stealth, so you can sneak when you need to. You are, however, superb in combat. You have eight ranks of sorcery, and your sorcery affects health. Uh, and eight ranks of sway as well, which will attack morale. Okay. And because you have eight ranks in both of those, if there's more than one person to hit in combat, a high roll means you will automatically affect more than one person. It's basically basically cleave. Okay. The uh, in comparison, as we look at Silas, Silas has seven ranks of athletics. He's very very fit and very good at running, jumping, chasing, etc. Uh, no ranks of bind wounds or burglary, but eight ranks of preparedness. Yeah. So this is the ability as a reminder that like the TV show Leverage or the movie Ocean's Eleven, you could trigger a flashback. Yeah. So if some, I think something is true, you can tell me, no, it's not true, uh-huh. and, uh, and tell me what is true instead. Okay. 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 You have three ranks of stealth. You're, you're okay at sneaking. Yeah. Um, you're not great at talking people out of stuff. You have four ranks of sway, but eight ranks of warfare, so you're really good at cutting people down with your weapons. Okay. With it? All right, beautiful. Uh, you've got your health and morale down at the bottom. I think that's it. Oh, one last thing. Mm-hmm. Way general abilities work. When you want to do something, roll a d6. Mm-hmm. If you get a target number of four or higher, you'll probably succeed. Mm-hmm. Okay. That means you fail half the time, right? Right. So what that means is before you roll... You may spend points off your general abilities in order to add to that die roll. Mm. So if I want to climb a building, uh, I might decide to spend two points of athletics. I roll a d6. As long as I don't get a one, I succeed. Okay. Mm-hmm. The reason that I say this game is sort of co- is a little bit of competence porn. Is people doing what they do really well uh, is because you could spend three points on a general ability and automatically succeed. Mm. Right, but so once you have those points are being spent, they're gone. Yeah, they're... Uh, so those points can come back by defeating foes and solving problems. You can get some refresh points okay. on those. And the goal there is what I want it to feel like. If you're playing Conan and you're chopping your way across a battlefield, I don't want to feel like you get three good hits and then you're done. Mm-hmm. I want it so that every person that you slash down who falls below before your sword, then gives you the ability to hit somebody else. Right? So you can keep going. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Any questions? No. No. Uh, oh, health and morale. So. Right. So health and morale go from a, uh, the, the lower edge is negative 12. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're uninjured until you hit zero. Okay. Unphysically mm-hmm. injured. Between zero and negative six, you're hurt. Between negative seven and negative 12, you're really badly injured. Uh, and at negative 12, you are defeated. Mm-hmm. Now, defeated doesn't necessarily mean dead. It's up to the person who defeated you what that means. Yeah. They can leave you alive. They can declare that you're unconscious or stunned okay. or, yeah. you know, I'd... conscious and... Uh, Just so I'm reading this um, right. So I have eight health and I have 10, ten morale. Is that correct? 10 morale. That is correct. Okay. You'll notice off to the right, there's a little thing that says threshold. And the number is either four or three. Mm-hmm. Your threshold is your armor class. 
so that um, when you someone is trying to hit you, they're trying to hit a, either a three or a four on a d6. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, if you had a shield, you could raise that number. If you declare that you are crouching behind something, uh, some kind of cover, you can raise that okay. number. Yep. I'm sure that you could spend an investigative ability to raise that number too. Uh -huh. And that's the last thing to mention. Those investigative abilities, they uh -huh. can do, by spending those, there's a ton of cool stuff you can do. And to a very large extent, I'm going to leave that in your hands. If you want to do something unusual, uh -huh. And there's a um, and you can rationalize it through an investigative spend. Tell me, okay. and I will probably say yes. And part of that is imagination. For instance, if uh, Russ, let us say that you wanted to stab somebody with a dagger, okay, hmm. and you said, "Hey, I want to spend both my points of ancient nobility in order to do more damage on that," hmm. and I would say, "Eh," but if you say, "Growing up, every year my parents bought me fencing lessons." Right, gotcha. I would say absolutely you can spend those points of ancient nobility or nobility to add to your damage. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay, fabulous. Good. Right. All right, I think that that sort of sums up the character sheets yeah. and the fast version of the rules for what we need. Anything else to talk about? No, I'm ready yeah, to go. Let's go, yeah. All right, so please, if you would, both of you, introduce yourself and introduce your character. Peter, you want to go first? Hello, my name's Silas. Very pleased to meet you, I'm sure. Um, I work for Mandrake. Uh, he's a noble of sorts. He's very interested in his bugs, his little creepy crawlies. He has a whole collection in his room. They're, uh, they're interesting. Um, myself, I, I work for his family. I keep my contract for employment and make sure that the honour such as it is, of oh, the Bursaries Guild is upheld, which are you using this uh, handy little axe here. <laughs> <laughs> what do you look like? Oh, well, I should imagine I'm about 5'8", um, long, greasy hair mm -hmm. uh, in the black. Uh, I've got a beard, it's a bit ragged, except for the moustache, which of course has uh, finely waxed, when I remember. Very stylish. Oh, yes. All, all the fanciest blades are doing it. Uh, you wear armor or you wear clothing? Oh, I've got a suit of chain armor. It's more of a chain shirt, I imagine, going over. And there's um, uh, a certain amount of uniform going on in the house colors of, house, of Mandrake's house. But uh, it's seen better days, I'll be honest. Soap you and know, laundry is not what it could be at this house. I don't think they're uh, the richest they can, house. Uh, do they not pay you enough, or do you spend all of your money quickly? Well, I think um, I think that sort of thing is really a, a matter for the contract for employment. Um, uh, not sure I'm uh, at liberty to divulge it with you. Ah, fair nice, enough. Th nice, fair. Ma nice enough man there you are. Uh, yes. Uh, Russ, tell us about Mandrake. Uh, greetings. <laughs> My name is Mandrake, and I like insects. Did you know ants have two stomachs? One for storage, and one for digesting. I, I, I did not know that, no. That's, that's good. Uh, does, uh, what do you look like? Ooh, I'm a very handsome young man. Define handsome. Well, admittedly, some people don't agree, but... They're all wrong. 
Are you handsome in the same oh, way? That- I, I'm with him. A boils add character. That's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's actually a little hard to tell whether they're boils or whether they're some kind of like parasitic insect. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. So uh, Silas is greasy. He's probably quite spotty. Um, he's got. He's, he's probably severely, severely receding, but keeps that, his hair. That, that acne will clear. But it keeps soon. his hair long, non- nonetheless. So it's kind of wispy in that really, right, you, know, you know that style. Yep, uh, I do. Yes. So, um, Russ, you get sorcery in this game one of two different ways. Um, for those who tend towards sort of a more uh, snake-like approach, you can learn sorcery through the ancient writings of the Serpentine people who lived here long, long before humanity and who have all died out and definitely aren't still alive deep in the city's undercity, even a little bit. That's not a thing. Or, probably more likely for you, you, can, you um, decided or chose to share your soul with some sort of small god or demon who is insect uh, who is insect themed, and so you literally have a small god or a demon um, living inside of you, whispering advice to you and giving you power. Lovely. Does that work for Lovely. you? Lovely. Yes. <laughs> you are mighty and powerful. <laughs> and I have Worship my me trusty henchman here, Cyrus. He is trusty. Uh, fantastic. And your sor- your oh, sorcerer yeah. sphere. <laughs> Just so folks know, your your focus is all your magic takes the form of insects, wind, or blood. As foul sorcery should. Alright, fantastic. So a couple things it's good to remind you about the city of Eversink. Eversink is the most important city in the world. Just ask anyone there and they will tell you. What's weird is that when people leave Eversink, they don't always necessarily feel that way about it, but it just takes another trip back to the homeland to remind them about how glorious it is. Uh, Eversink has a patron goddess, the goddess of Denari. Denari is the goddess of civilization and wealth. She is the city and the city is her. When you walk through the streets of Eversink, you are walking through Denari's body. Every coin exchange is a prayer to Denari. And uh, sort of unusual, it's, it's a city a little bit like medieval Venice the, or Valencia, like, and it's set down at a vast river delta at the base of the River Serpentine, flowing westward uh, from the jungle out into the Bay of Coins. It's on dozens of islands, linked by boat or by bridge. And all of the buildings in Eversink are very slowly sinking. They have been for almost a thousand years. No one knows why. I mean, there's swamps on either side, sure, but that shouldn't explain why you lose a couple of centimeters off every, every story on buildings uh, every year or so. So you'll, generally speaking, lose a story of a building every one to two generations. You'll walk down the streets and there will be stairs going up to you know what are basically second floors or first and a half floors because the first floor entrance has sunk below ground and it's no longer really convenient. And so they then board that over, cover it up, uh, waterproof that floor, and just build onto the top of the building. Walk through Eversink and the sound of hammering and stonework is everywhere as the Architects and Canal Watchers Guild uh, make sure that the buildings are stabilized and they're continuing to grow upwards. So it's a very vertical city in that sense as well. What that means, though, is that over the thousand or so years that Eversink's been around, like, there's been a lot of buildings that have entirely sunk underground, which means that Eversink's a little bit like an iceberg. 
you know, there's a lot, some of the city that's above ground, but if you know how, and neither of you really know how, uh, you can make your way through the Undercity um, and find things that are hidden down there or long ago abandoned. The last thing that's worth mentioning is the funerary statues. There's statues everywhere in Eversink. And the reason for that is, you know what happens, you know, if you die, it's really hard to bury someone when you're in a city that floods a lot. Because there's not a lot of space for burials. There's some graveyards on, this, on the river shore. Uh, but, you know, they tend to, bodies tend to wash free. So what happens to the flesh isn't all that important. Poor people tend to slide their loved ones into the swamps. Uh, the rich tend to have them, the church takes them upriver to these big stone plinths, cuts them open and let seabirds eat them in an air burial. But what's important is the soul. Your soul is guaranteed a place in heaven as long as someone cares about you enough to make a funerary statue for you. Now this can be, if you're poor, like a small clay statue. If you're incredibly wealthy, it could be a 20-foot tile bronze monstrosity in the middle of a city square. Mm-hmm. But as long as that statue is, un- is, is undamaged, your soul is guaranteed a place in heaven. And if anything happens to that statue, either your soul dissipates or it is returned to the world as a ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a result, there are hundreds of thousands of statues around the city. Yep. On street corners, in houses, on rooftops, what have you. Okay, so with that... Peter, what time of year is it? I feel good about it being autumn. It's autumn, okay. Yes, lots of gold leaves uh, blowing through the streets, the occasional shower of rain, grey skies with clouds flying across. Lots of lovely Lovely. insects. (laughs) I mean, is autumn an insect time? I guess it's before the great die-off during the winter, right? Uh, What's the weather like right now, Russ? Ooh, it's a lovely day. Lovely drizzle. All the leaves are getting a bit mochy, just how I like them. Got it. So it's kind of a cold, wet, drizzly sort of day. Marvelous, isn't it? (laughs) Perfect. Grey skies. Okay, got it. Uh, Peter, uh, high tide, low tide, somewhere in between? High tide. High tide, okay. Is uh, is it so high that the streets are flooding? Mm. Almost. Like, if that okay. rain keeps up, then they'll start being problems. The, the canals are high, that's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. the, especially right now. Uh, and there's probably some lower-lying areas where, the, where the, the water is sort of sloshing over the top of the canals. And, uh, but those are you know, mostly in the poor areas. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not where you folks live, so yeah. it's fine. It's totally fine. Um, what time of day is it? Um, I would say probably... Ooh, 10 in the morning. Okay, got it. Which means I am definitely still in bed. (laughs) Well, you would be in bed, Mandrake, normally, except for a problem. You have been notified that your mother's statue has been stolen from your home. This is the statue which, um, uh, which... Did you like your mother? Well, yes. I loved her very, very much, of course. Um, And perhaps even more importantly, there is the cocoon or the chrysalis of some very important insect that is currently on your mother's statue. It was probably in your lab and you were using it as a sort of hatching platform. Does that seem reasonable? Mm. And so if they took your mother's statue, they took that as well. Well, that's just beyond the pale, isn't it? (laughs) It absolutely is. Um, so in a full game, I would expect that you would try to figure out 
who or why that statue was stolen and trace it to either where it was or the person that took it. In the interest of time, we're going to cut forward from that, if that's okay with you. Okay. Okay. Um, the, so currently, the statue has been um, stolen by uh, some thieves. I don't want to say thieves. I'm going to say reclamation experts uh -huh. um, who work on commission from the, ch the Church of Denari. They have lofted that statue outside of your tower without waking you up. Um, gotten it into a cart and gotten it most of the way across the city. You are pretty sure you know of the destination. Uh, the destination is that of a former inquisitor named Corso Ileri. Inquisitor Ileri uh, used to be a member of uh, the uh, church militant and a reasonably respected uh, inquisitor. And about a year ago, arrested Mandrake on charges of foul sorcery. Mandrake beat the rap. It is unclear whether he beat that rap because he is not a sorcerer <coughs> or because he has a large number of political contacts, which he then used to discredit and ruin uh, the Inquisitor's reputation. <laughs> Regardless, Inquisitor Larry tried to frame you, uh -huh. failed, and then you ruined his reputation. He has been forced out of the church militant. Rumor has it he bears a grudge. And you are currently on your way from your tower, uh, your sort of moldering tower in Alder Hall. Nobles have a huge amount of social capital, but they don't. I will most nobles, maybe less so <clears throat> here. But they don't have a lot of money, generally speaking. And all the money they have is poured into upkeep and, uh, and social niceties so that they maintain that. They will sit there in their gorgeous, glittering, jewel-like towers eating uh, canal fish off of chipped porcelain plates. Because, you know, these plates have been in the family for seven generations and there's no reason to update now. Okay. okay. So the two of you are on your way over to where Inquisitor Larry uh, has taken your mother's statue. It is currently raining on you uh, as, the, as the water dribbles down. Are you taking a boat? Are you going by street? How are you getting there? Oh, I'm sure Silas can row. He's a strapping young chap. No, I see. I'm probably taking the gondola for a punt then, aren't I? <laughs> I think you probably I are. will sit at the back and eat these delicious oh. insect eggs. There's this popping sound as you pop each one into your mouth and they explode with juicy oh, deliciousness. It's really nice. They're probably dribbling oh. down my chin. Yes. Uh, okay, so... When you are traveling in the game, when you're traveling from one place to another, when you want to get sort of the feel of what that travel is like, but without taking the time for a full encounter, one of the things you can do is one or a series of travel montages. Uh, and so the way that we do this is uh, normally if you have more than uh, more than two players, it's a little bit easier. But here mm -hmm. I will ask you, hey, Peter, yep. what is something that goes wrong as you try to make your way from Alderhall and your tower there to uh, the district of Iron Cross, where the former Inquisitor is uh, taking the stolen goods. This can be an attack, it can be weather-related, it can be mm -hmm. bureaucracy-related, it can be anything. That's okay. something that goes bad, wrong. Well, well, I'd expect that the uh, high tide and the unusually heavy rainfall is causing it to actually make it impossible on some of the bridges because some some other gondolas are got caught 
on the bridges and like they're just getting in the way so we can't actually get through. Fantastic. Hey, Russ, make it worse. Mm. Well, uh, yes, and also the sewers have burst open just there and the, the river was full of delicious, slimy, nutritious goodness and look at all those insects attracted to them. Right, okay. So, with your path blocked by gondolas both broken loose and with people in them being jammed up against one of the bridges, the water almost up to the level of the bridge, the, uh, the backup of the gondola actually backing the canal up even more as more and more boats lose control and try to crash into it. And you are headed directly there. Uh, the two of you decide together, how do you get out of this? I think we And I'm not just... going to ask you to roll anything, right? I'm going to ask you to describe it. I think we'd just best pull over and walk the rest of the way, Mandrake. Oh, very well. You know oh, how sorry, I young hate walking. I know you detest perhaps, exercise and all its forms. Perhaps if we get a little cart, you can pull me along. We, we'll have to see, won't we? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you uh, pull before you lose control and slide into the sewer, the sewage, and the. Uh, and the sound of splintering wood and screaming people. Mm-hmm. You manage to get to punt your gondola over to the side, tie it up, uh, and decided to go the rest of the way on foot. Mm-hmm. Um, your boots, by the time you get there, an hour and a half later, are soaking. He's probably up to the knees or so. <laughs> Mine are nice and dry as I sit here comfortably in this little cart. You look quite tired, Silas. Ah, oh, surely an optical illusion, Master Bandrake. I've never felt fitter or fresher, Jolly I assure you. Would you care for an insect egg? Oh, I couldn't possibly. I wish to eat in the future. Good, good, because they're all for me. The two of you are standing there. The buildings around you in this district, you know, you've passed through areas where the buildings are tilting or sort of sliding on the ground. Where you are right now is... um looking out onto what was once a relatively large plaza that had a reasonably large church in it. However, over the last seven or eight generations, that church has sunk almost entirely underground. The only thing that's left above ground is the former steeple of it. It's known as the spire. Other people have now built buildings closer into the spire, and the spire sticks up out of the ground at a slight angle. That, according to your informants, Mandrake, um, is where the former Inquisitor is currently living. Around the base of that spire, from where you stand in the rain, or actually where you peek out of the cart, um, and where, uh, where Silas stands in the rain, soaked through, you can see that there's a half-dozen bedraggled-looking mercenaries standing around the outside of that tower. Well, that's fortunate. The tower itself goes up probably four or five stories. What do you want to do? Did you oh, know, talk. Did you know oh, yes, that Master spiders are not insects? Are they not, Master? They're not. I thought it was How important to let you know. Yes, it seems very relevant to the background. Yes. You never if know when it might me. be useful. Oh, oh, absolutely. Now, master. do you think you can deal with those ruffians there, Silas? I think I shall, Master, if you'll excuse me. Um, Don't beat them roughly. So going over, uh, Silas is pretty sure he recognises um, medium-sized Giovanni. 
<laughs> medium sized Giovanni? Yeah, yeah. As opposed to, 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 to big Giovanni, uh, big Giovanni and little Giovanni. Giovanni. You got little, yeah, you yeah. got medium sized Giovanni. Yeah. Yeah. So that's medium, yeah, medium sized Giovanni is right there. Yeah. Is he from the same mercenary company that you are? Is he or is he from a different mercenary company? Oh, he's he's probably from the Agnes Day lot, the Lambs of God, whereas like yeah, okay, I'm really yeah. more of a, a Hawks talent chat myself. Sure. The in this particular case, Denari's uh, uh, symbol is a swan, and so mm. they're actually from the Swans of God. But yes, mm. close enough. Yeah. And he looks over the rain dripping off his helmet as you approach and says, "Oh, Silas, awful day to be out." Ah, uh, that it is my old signet. That it is. What are you fellas doing here? Yeah, I don't think. Pay to God. What? Pay to God. Pace Son of a God. bitch gets kicked out of the church and th- doesn't get the, uh, doesn't get the church militant anymore. You know what happens? They gotta pay for proper guards. Oh dear, that does sound most unfortunate. And he ended up with you, did he? <laughs> like I said, he had to pay for proper guards. Are you still working for that worm of an uh, employer? Oh, you could do better. Oh, uh, I know, I know, but it's a tradition. Silas, Silas, have you struck him roughly yet? Oh, I can hear him. He's hiding in the car, didn't he? He is. Yes. It's not. It's not. I've not been reduced to picking refuse and rags off the streets. That's actually um, him. The uh, one moment, uh, medium master. One moment, master. Medium-sized Giovanni puts his arm around you um, and starts walking you slowly back towards the cart. Look, Silas. I'm going to tell you this for your own good because I like you. We've all always liked you, right? Hmm. Hmm. We got a note that said that the two of you might be on your way over. And that if you were, if you make any attempt to, to attempt to break into this to spire, that we are to chop you down in the street and make an example of your stinking, festering, sorcerous employer. Mm. You can mm. be a part of that, or you can walk away. I hear what you're saying, my little signet. I hear what you're saying, but you'll be saddened to hear that... Uh, you may be required back at a, back at the watch house because uh, so, go ahead. and it will have a flashback at this point. Okay. Some unfortunate person has let it be known about exactly whose hand has been in the in the cash pot for the uh, pensioners and widows fund. Wait, did you blame that on medium-sized Giovanni? Oh, of course I did. You're a bad person. That's where all the evidence um, pointed after I'd finished with it. <laughs> if if right. I were you, I'd get a move on, Giovanni. Otherwise, we'll be calling you. We'll be calling you medium size. You'll be the littlest Giovanni after they're, good, they're tearing you to pieces. <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask you to do um, a couple of things. Okay. The. Uh, so if this, we're doing this as a flashback, I'm going to have you roll me a preparedness test. Okay. And to do that, you roll a d6. You're trying to get four or higher. Yes. You can spend points off preparedness in, uh, to make that happen if you choose to. Yeah. Um, and so if you don't want to risk it at all, you can spend three points, right? Um, yeah, I'll spend two points of preparedness. Okay. Great. And then roll a die. Don't roll a one. Five. Five, fantastic. Okay, so you you absolutely put this into place previously, um, and we want to establish as a fact that you have now. Do I, do uh, I take you, off those dots or? Yes, yeah, so take off those dots. Mm-hmm. You do not stop getting the ability to flashback just because you no longer have eight uh, in okay. your pool, right? 
your uh, those special abilities, those uh, knacks, are based on your rank. Yeah. Think about your rank as the size of a bucket, yeah. and think about your pool as the amount of water in that bucket on a given. No time. problem. Got it. Lovely. Got it. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, if you had any ability, to, if you were a thief, mm -hmm. you'd probably be spending skullduggery right now in order to put that in place. Mm -hmm. um, you're not a thief. And so there's a couple of the ways you might have might have chosen to to have that in place. Um, spending one point of taunt is not a horrible way to do that, I suspect. Okay. But I'm willing to take other. Uh, spending a point of intimidation is also uh, by you know you're uh, scaring them. A point of taunt. Okay. No. So just cross so cross that out or just click that click that out so we know how many you have left. Okay. Done. Lovely. And Giovanni spins and turns to you goes. What do you mean wanted back at the watch house? I got a note here telling me to report back, but I'm on a job. I can't go anywhere. Oh, don't worry. I'll be sure to look after the place for you. <laughs> we were warned that you're not supposed to be here. What the hell did you do? What did you do? Can I make a sway oh. attack? You may make a sway attack. From Absolutely. within the cart. I'm going to poke my head out of the cart. And let's think. Yes, you know, Captain Sylvester... My good friend, oh. Captain Sylvester. What about him? Well, I was out drinking with him last night. We had a very nice bottle of port together. It was very nice. We were down at the Cricketer's Arms. You know why I like the Cricketer's Arms? It's because it's named after an insect. Did you know yeah. that crickets hear through their legs? They have their ears on their legs. Isn't that fascinating? Um... Sure. Yes. I, I, I don't understand what that has to do with anything. Well, I was talking to your captain, Captain Sylvester, and uh, he is rather upset with you. Something about money yes. going missing. I did, I, did suggest that, I did suggest that they throw the book at you. You know, the book. The big, heavy book of laws and things. I'm... I'm aware of the book. Can I now use this forgotten law thing to make uh -huh. a law which makes his particular crime for which he's being framed, which was stealing from what the pensioners and widows find, <laughs> to be a particularly uh, frowned upon crime and one which is punishable by death? Uh, <laughs> you can do that, sure. That sounds like a thing that you can do. And by the way, Peter, I um, mm -hmm. I lied about spending taunt before. What you really okay. should be have done is spend one of your two points of allegiance mercenaries, right? Okay. Because okay. of course you that gives you sway with the mercenaries. Oh, there we go. Obviously, right. in retrospect, but there we go. All that right. Done. Yep. And so, uh, medium-sized Giovanni turns to you, Mandrake, and says, "So." What the hell do you want me to do about it? I didn't steal anything from anybody. Well, you know that. I don't think that matters, because... really, does it? Right. I see how this is going. Let me guess. Let me just see if I can predict the future. If I stay here between you and that tower, you're going to call the watch. And the watch are going to try to arrest me for a crime I didn't do. You oh, say he's perspicacious, this yes, one. Isn't he you say master? try. It's perspicacious. <laughs> Oh, Perspicacious is sweating. Oh, well, look, you look pretty sweaty as well to me. <laughs> he, gets right, he gets right up in your face, Silas, and says, are you sure this is a thing you want to do? Oh, Giovanni, Giovanni, Giovanni. I think you've made a dreadful mistake. Two dreadful mistakes. Mistake the first is assuming that we haven't already called the watch. 
You son of a bitch. Mistake the second. He's just ending far too. Boom. And um, headbutt him. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Roll warfare attack. Okay. Uh, uh, so actually, so you, have, you have two choices. You can either yeah. try to defeat him in combat if you want to. Uh, or if you want, if you simply want, I'd say you're using intimidation. Okay. Um, the uh, your and uh, and getting him out of the way is going to get you into that tower where the adventure is, and we're on limited time. Yeah. So if you want to describe this as intimidation, you'll uh, you'll have him. Yeah, sure. All right, fantastic. The uh, were this a longer game, we could totally end up with a with a you on mercenaries. Uh, oh, Slugfest that would be delightful. Yes. In this case, however, did you actually call the guard? Call the watch. Seems seems that. Like- that would be something that would require ridiculous luck. So done. <laughs> right. All right. So we're going to fast forward a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, Mandrake, you pull yourself out of your cart as the mercenaries are hauling medium-sized Giovanni off in an argument with the city watch, uh, leaving the, the tower unguarded. One of the city watch come over and say, Hey, you! Yeah, you! Talking to Silas. How may I help you? We got a problem here with with some. Uh, this guy's wanted for embezzlement. It's uh, he stole from orphans and from oh, widows. God. And he seems well, like such a, a terrible, sweet young terrible man as well. Crime. Look, Shocking. the other mer- the other soldiers aren't allowed to be here without their supervisor. We're arresting their supervisor. You look like. Can we just hire you to to guard this place for an hour? Of course, of course. My rates are very reasonable. Yeah, that's great. Someone else is going to pay it. Good. Well, technically, Excellent. you'd be subcontracting. Uh, not now, master. Yes. Not now, master. Yes. Um. You. You. <laughs> you need to. You. Need, I will loan him to you. Yes. For a for a reasonable <laughs> fee. Uh, he's already walked away through the drizzling rain, uh, trying to catch up with the uh, arguing the arguing soldiers and the the unconscious medium sized Giovanni. Uh, so you're now standing outside of the the spire. You can see faces in the windows looking down at you from someplace. You're not sure who they are. What do you do? Uh, are we a door? Is there a door? Uh, is So there used to be a beautiful stained glass window that has been turned into a door. It would be awkward to set the place on fire, I would tip master. Well, we really should... Especially with the statue We should really dear, should the recover the statue inside. first. Then we can set it on fire. That'll be fun, won't it? <laughs> yes. All right, then. So, is the door locked? Uh, yes, the door is locked. May I make a... I'm going to get a load of... What, what sort of insects eat... Uh, what's what's Tur- sort of... that? There's a sort of insect with an acidic bite, I'm sure. And I'm going to conjure oh, a load of those insects to eat through the lock. That sounds great. Roll me a sorcery t- attack, please. Okay. So you're going to roll a yes. d4. You can spend points off sorcery. Um, what, corruption? Or, mm-hmm. uh, oh, so down no, not corruption. Sorry, your yeah, general gotcha. abilities. D4. Yeah, I'll spend so two sor- points. And, and just as a reminder, sorcery, you can, you can use sorcery all day long if you want to without creating corruption. But the sort of big impressive effects are done does with Does this corruption. count as one of those? It does not, no. Because... Um, uh, those only count as things that you couldn't do any okay. other way. There's lots of ways okay. to open a door or pick a lock. Uh, I'm going to spend two points on sorcery then. Okay. I have rolled a uh, five. And roll it. Five. Five. Fantastic. All right. 
you can hear the faint hissing and chewing as your as the insects conjured by your go on, my pretties, go on. into the woods and the door swings open. Would you like to make me a stealth test? Uh, sure. I have four ranks in stealth. I'm going to spend two of those. Okay, sounds great. I've rolled four, plus two is six. That is it. Fantastic. All right, good. The um, You did not make a lot of noise when you did. Mm-hmm. Yes, I chose oh. some very, very quiet insects. These are all female. Did you know only male crickets chirp? The females are quite silent, so I decided to stick with that theme. Very sensible, Master. Very sensible. Do you kick the door open or do you open it quietly? Uh, Silas, um, your turn. Uh, uh, axe in one hand, uh, open door cautiously, uh, trying to avoid silhouetting myself against the outside. Okay, fantastic. You slide the door open. There is, you looking into a room, it looks like it was, um, it's been decorated to look as much like church militant barracks as possible, but it is very clearly... You know how somebody who really enjoyed university then tries to make their apartment, you know, be a reflection of their glorious university athletic mm-hmm. days, and it's really just sort of sad and pathetic? Okay. Yeah. like Jimi Hendrix posters yes. in there. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So it's got, that, it's got kind of that, that like, feel to it. But less tie-dye sheets, more like someone's like put up banners and crossed spears and so forth. Exactly right, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. There is on the far side of the room, Silas, there is what looks to be a servant sort of crouching over by the stairs. There's a circular staircase going up. As the door um, slides open and you appear silhouetted in the door, uh, he I turns avoided. and starts to. What's that? So I, I was avoiding silhouetting myself in the door. Oh, you're not. See, I take that back. The yeah, door you see, you okay. see the, I, the idea door... being that if, you, if, you, right. if you're in a dark place and someone opens yep. it from the outside, no, no, no. T- it makes you really easy to shoot with crossbows and stuff like that, which is um, uh, It does. That is absolutely correct. That's... So the door swings open. There's nobody in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, no crossbow bolts fly out of the door. Uh, uh, taking a peek round, I imagine perhaps I see a servant looking a bit terrified. You do see a servant, yes. All right. Uh, then I'll take se- uh, several quick steps into the room. And uh, seize him roughly by the uh, scruff of the uh, scruff of his shirt. Uh, the, he, they're far enough ar- across the room that they may get a start up the stairs before you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they and you hear a voice as you as you start for them. They're behind a table as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the servant says, "I need to order you to stop right where you are. Don't come any farther in. I've been ordered to tell you that if you don't turn around and leave." The thing that you have come here for will be destroyed. How is it so easy to talk with all those bugs in your mouth? <laughs> what bugs in my mouth? So this is going to be a, a spell of some kind. Okay, got it. So in combat, the way that it works, everybody who's in a combat has to go. Yeah. So right, Russ, uh, Mandrake goes first. Actually, I take that back. Silas rushes, rushed across the room, yep. but is right on the other's opposite side of the table from him. Just fall clear across the table with my incredible athleticism, which is at seven beyond many people's capabilities. Okay, so I'm going to have you make me an athletics test. You'll be next to him if you do. Okay. Then Mandrake goes, then he goes last. Person who goes last, hopefully he'll, you'll have stopped him, because person who goes last in the round gets to decide who goes first in the second round. Uh, um, well, 
if I can vault the table and then grab him yeah. on the same turn? Oh, uh, grab him, yes. Hurt him, no. Oh, no, I just want to grab him. Right. Okay. Okay, yeah. So I will spend three points to just go right. seamlessly Fantastic. leave cross and, and hoik him up off the floor. Okay. Uh, Mandrake, do you wish to bug him? I do. I wish bugs to start coming out of his mouth and so he can't talk and he's choking. Really, really disgusting. <laughs> he's only going to... The target number for this one is only three because okay. uh, he's currently being grabbed by I Silas. I am not going to put any points in this one. I'm just going to roll straight. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you get? One. Well, got a one. Okay. <laughs> um, why did you fail? Uh, I forgot. Uh, all in all bugs are insects but not all insects are bugs i got the wrong classification i'll do better next time the uh, right okay so you've got him you currently have uh, have him uh, silas uh by the shirt front and you feel something pressing against your belly and he says i be- i was given this it's poisoned and if I jab it into you, it's going to kill you horribly. You should let me down and leave. I've been ordered to guard this doorway, and I'm going to do it with my life, or else my soul's forfeit. I quite understand. He's making a sway attack against you to try to get yeah. you to uh, to put him down. Okay. Uh, right. So the um, So you're going to, he's going to hit. He's pretty convincing, all things considered. He's got a poison dagger, or what he claims is a poison dagger, to mm-hmm. your belly. Um, he does five points of sway to your morale. So that means you have mm-hmm. one point of grit, so you're gonna, your morale gets lowered by four points. Three. You're still above zero? Four, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. The, uh, he's, uh, he looks at you um, and says, Are you going to put me down? Oh, certainly. Um, and then just open my hand and listen, drop. And then, um, as he drops, bring my other hand round to uh, box his ears. Uh. Right, okay. Technically, so he's, it's his turn. You're dropping him, so he's not going to attack you, mm-hmm. uh, which means I'm giving you the active player card, which means you can box his ears. Yes. Roll me a warfare test. Okay. Um, Only target number three. He's to strike him roughly. Okay. You do notice that his clothes are covered with vermin that didn't seem to be there a moment ago. I assume he's just lousy. Uh, I've got four. Right. Okay. I'm not even going to ask you to roll damage, uh, Peter, because uh, he doesn't have a name. That makes him a mook. Mm-hmm. That means that he only has one health. Yep. You box his ears and down he goes. Uh, I'll take that, my little Kelly, and um, extract the poison dagger from his grip. Okay. Got it. It is, in fact, a stiletto that does have kind of a green, sticky substance on it. Oh, that could have been most unfortunate. I'll take that, Silas. Might come in useful. I wouldn't want you to cut yourself, Master. Oh, I know know all about these poisons. It's an insect poison, no doubt. No, it's a little bit more dangerous than your average butter knife. You know you're not allowed anything sharper. (laughs) Not since the incident. We don't talk about the incident, do we, Silas? There's a noise from somewhere upstairs. If a gong could could be a gong with pressure instead of sound, that is what it feels like. Boom. What was that you, Silas? No, Master. Are you sure? Was it those eggs you had for breakfast? Don't think so, Master. I think we'd best get a move on. Yeah, very well. 
and can I attempt to climb the stairs quickly but yeah. quiet, quietly? You, you can do so. That sounds fine. You run up the stairs quickly but quietly. There's nobody blocking the stairs. Sadly, the former Inquisitor spent most of his money on the on the mercenaries. You can see this whole place. It looks like he's having trouble with the upkeep in terms of like there's there's water leaking in from from cracks in the roof and the stained glass. Uh, the most of the furniture is used. He probably stole or acquired the tapestries from former churches. And you come out of the top of the stairs into the top room of the steeple. Mm-hmm. Do you want to open the doorway and pause? What do you want to do? Just go straight in. Okay, that sounds fantastic. As you go straight in, you can see that there is a, a man. You know the man. The Inquisitor is standing on the far side of the space. Mm-hmm. What used to be the statue of, the, uh, of Mandrake's mother is up on a sort of pedestal, and it is currently lying in pieces, and the Inquisitor has a sledgehammer in one hand. Okay, Dick. Mm-hmm. And the Inquisitor turns to you and says, I was hoping they would delay you a bit longer. You're too late. I have done what is needed to be done. I hey, Mandrake, are you running up the stairs? Mm, yes, I, yeah, I'm behind Silas, yeah. I'm going to have you make me an athletics test so that you, or you can just show up at the top of the stairs winded. Yeah, sure. That, yeah. Okay, got it. All right. You're panting and breathing heavily at the time, by the time you get up behind him. Um, the, uh, <laughs> I didn't succeed last year. You've ruined my life, sorcerer, but <laughs> I've put things in motion that's going to pay you mm-hmm. back. I clearly didn't ruin your life. Enough. Maybe it's time to rectify that. You're welcome to try. I have arranged things so that... <laughs> I have friends now, sorcerer. I wonder, Inquisitor, can you fly? I... No. Oh, that's unfortunate, isn't it? All right, we're going into initiative. Hey, Mandrake, you go first. Uh, okay, uh, my um, attack is going to be... Hundreds of buzzing insects, which are going to try and drive him through a stained glass window to fall to his death in the street below. Okay, cool. So there's a couple of ways that you could do this. You can either roll me roll a sorcery attack if you want this to have a chance of failing. Mm -hmm. Right, you hit him with a hit him with a spell, but you're not spending any investigative points. Um, We can do that. And there's a way that he could resist. It'd be analogous to trying to shove someone mm-hmm. off a roof. Or you can freaking spend your corruption points and uh, uh, and make it a Oh, we'll do that. We will do that. Okay. Let's corrupt away, shall we? All right. How many? So a couple questions here. One is, how many points of corruption would you like to spend on uh, this guy? I've got three. How about okay. I spend... You do have three. How about I spend three? That's, that's pretty impressive. That's extremely impressive. All right. So, are you going to internalize or externalize the corruption? Are you going to Are you going to change things about your body, or are you going to pollute and ruin the uh, the spiritual uh, environment? We will internalize. Okay. So, first things first. Roll me a sorcery attack just to make sure you hit. Okay. Or you can spend three points of sorcery and automatically. Uh, yeah. So we'll do that. Okay. Great. All right, so your insects swarm out of you and slam into him, burrowing their way into his body and literally carrying him out of of the tower through one of the stained glass windows 
um, out and slamming him down into the street below. Um, the uh, how many points did you spend on your attack? You remember? Uh, three. Okay, got it. All right. Want me to roll damage dice, or do you want to? Um, I'll do it just so I know how it works. Then, what, what do I do? Okay, sounds great. And what was the total result of your attack roll? Uh, did I didn't say? actually make one because you said if I spent three, I did automatically. Oh, that's hit. fine. You have a chance of critting, which yeah. is why I ask. So you want me to roll it anyway, or? Yeah, roll it anyways. Let's and see then I've got a plus three still, have I? Or? Yeah, so yeah. Five so you plus three is eight. Does this apply to any of your three favorite things Ooh, in life? Let's have a look. A burning sense of irritation at the man who crossed you. Oh, well, Definitely, there we go. He really okay. does irritate me. <laughs> uh, so the... Um, wait, is that, a, is that a thing, part of your gear? Or oh, that's that a gear. Sorry. Uh, oh, the, the buzz of thousands of tiny wings. There we go. Perfect. Okay. So you hit a target number of nine, which is what you need for a crit. So roll a uh, first d6. Uh, for... Eight. Oh, not nine. Okay. You, you had three plus you rolled a... Five. That's eight. Right. And your three best things in life gives you plus one okay, on a die cool. roll. That's okay. why you do it. All right, roll, roll a d6. Four. Four, okay. So that's going to be, and you get plus one on your sorcery for damage, so that's going to be a total of five. And now you spent three of those. I'm going to have you roll four d6. Four d6. Got a just red symbol on that one. All right. Unfortunately, it's a one. So, uh, so one. three, four, nine on four d6. That's not a good roll. Total mm. of nine? Yes, but because you're using corruption, you're adding some numbers to that. So that's going to be a total of an additional 14, which means you do a total of 19 points Ooh. of damage to him. Would you please describe to me what it looks like as you as your insects carry him out of the window, smashing him out of the ground, and utterly eradicate so him? So basically, this swarm of insects has grabbed hold of him in the tiny little pincers and teeth and stuff, and they've lifted him off the ground, just thousands and thousands of them, carried him through the window, smashing through the window, and then when he gets to the... Uh, how, how high up are we? Uh, you're about 50 feet oh, up. Uh, they swoop up into the air, another... I don't know how high insects can fly, let's say 100 feet, sure. and then yep. they let go. So he falls <laughs> 150 feet... And lands smack down on a uh, black uh, iron railing spiky fence, perforated in at least four different places. Perfect. Perfect. Behind you, you hear... Is that you, Silas? It is not. Who is behind us? I suppose I better turn round then. It is not. That was astonishing. There's a, a, an image of a woman. She's not tall and graceful. She's sort of short and squat, kind of, kind of toad-like or frog-like, actually. Oh. The edges of her form shimmer slightly. Uh, mm -hmm. the, uh, and she, she looks at you and says, That was astonishing. Just lovely. I've seldom seen a better death. Silas, can you see that? After, after, after I am done with you, as I had promised the corpse, I will eat the two of you and then devour what's left of him. Before you do that, I, I'd just like you to know, did you know that mosquitoes bite more when there is a full moon? Uh, as you are in the process of saying that, her tongue whips out of her face. The huge sticky end of her tongue slapping, yep, slapping into the middle of your Ouch. face, 
dragging you across the room and, and dragging your head into her mouth, at which point she crunches down with the sharp teeth. That's disgusting. Thought <laughs> <laughs> like you can talk. Ouch! Yeah, that's that's uh, that's uh, kind of painful. Right. So uh, I rolled very very well. Oh, good. Hey, uh, does does Mandrake have any points of armor? Uh, no. No, he does not. I don't think so. So she just did twelve points of health. Ouch. Um, so here's a, uh, there's there a, so here's a thing. Uh, hey Silas, remember flashback? Yep. In Fellowship of the Rings, and I may have used this example beforehand, when Frodo gets stabbed by the cave troll, he's not actually wearing any armor and it probably kills him. Sam used flashback in order to make sure that Frodo put on his armor that morning. Mm -hmm. Um, this is, uh, she's about to do her best to bite off Mandrake's head. Is there anything that you want to do about that or, or establish as a fact? Well, if you recall, Silas is currently still holding a poison stiletto. Um, that, that is true. Which uh, he had downstairs. And being as how he can spot frailty from quite some distance away, as well as in tactics of death, um, the most obvious thing for him to do is uh, leap across and treat her how he's seen Mandrake treat frogs on many occasions. Sure. So actually, so I'm I'm actually asking something different, which is fine. So no. what I'm a, what I'm actually asking is whether or not you want to do a, or establish anything as a fact that will end up causing Mandrake to take less. Like for example, and the answer to that can totally. When you be laid that. out when you laid out my clothes this morning, as a good manservant mm -hmm. should, did you lay out the sort of reinforced high collar jacket? <laughs> Alas, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> All right then. Hey Russ, you drop from eight health down to ne down to negative okay. four health. Um, the uh, so that puts you at hurt. Um, I'm going to ask you to make me a health test. Here's how a health test works. Uh, you roll a d6. You're trying to get four or higher. If you succeed, you stay conscious. You can spend points off your health to add to that roll. But also, I'll point out that you have leechcraft. Um, you can spend your point of leechcraft to... Uh, actually, on your turn, you can spend your point of leechcraft to heal you, or you can spend any investigative ability to give you a plus three bonus on this roll. So basically what happens is if you fail a difficulty four test, a uh, health test, you're going to drop unconscious. That may not Prophecy. be the best idea I saw right it now. happening in a dream last night. Amazing. That's perfect. Yes. Okay, so... I've, I've so cross off one. your prophecy so I'm point. Yep. One. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, but, but so what that means if you do that, you're going to automatically make that test. You'll stay. You'll stay conscious. Okay. So I don't need to roll. Oh, so you don't need okay. to roll. Yep. You're, you're, you'll stay conscious. That'll give you plus three on the roll. You can't fail it. All right. Fantastic. Uh, you are managed to stay conscious as she starts to chew on your neck, and she she opens her mouth. Your body drops. Your head is not entirely severed. She looks disappointed. She looks down at you and says, "If you would be so kind." Just stay there for just a few moments, please. I have contractual obligations to the man you just killed. Silas, beat her roughly! <laughs> Silas, you go last in the round, and mm -hmm. you get to decide who goes next, first in the second round as well. What would you like to do? Uh, as previously described, I'd like to um, oh, spring yep. cat-like across the room, uh, you got it. grab the back of grab her hair, and um, uh, I can't remember the exact words. It's where basically you uh, stab a dagger into some of the vertebrae to basically paralyze something. Is it pithing? Pithing. That's the one. Yes. Perfect. A piffer like mandrake piss rocks. Okay. That sounds great. 
Roll me a warfare attack, please. The higher, the better. If uh, you hit a, a difficulty of nine, you'll crit. Otherwise, you just have to hit a four. Well, I do have warfare eight. I haven't spent any of it. That's right. So, spend it all. If I, well, do I need to spend it all? Well, you yeah. can, so you have a couple. You I'll have a couple choices. All. Oh, you're gonna spend it all. Fantastic. Uh, this is gonna be great. Roll that die. Okay. Uh, die says three. Okay. So a total of eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay, fantastic. Um, do you wish to spend any investigative uh, abilities in order to add your damage? Uh, spot frailty, tactics of death. Sure. Either one is either one would be appropriate. Let's have some tactics of death in there. Sure. Can, you can I spend all three the... points? Yeah, why not? You can spend you can spend as many points as you want any one ability. Yeah. I'll, so in this I'll, case, I'll work in three you're... points of tactics of death. Fantastic. You're going to roll an extra three d six worth of damage. Okay. Plus an additional d6 for your crit. Uh, okay. So roll me 4d6, please. 4d6. And that is uh, 6, 5, 3, 1, 15. 15. Fantastic. We're going to add 8 to that for a total of 23 points of damage. Uh-huh. All right. You don't kill her. You do, however, slam your axe hard into the... Oh, you're using a dagger, right? Do I get everything from the poison, from the stiletto? She is immune to poison. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. it's worth a shot. No, absolutely worth a shot. Jam that into the back. The whole bottom half of her body looks like it, it, uh, it's partially paralyzed. It's the end of the round. You, um, you, who goes first in the second round? Um, you want to go again? Yeah, hit her again. Or you can hit have Mandrake go. Your call. Um, uh, I think I will have Where? a go, if that's right. Sure. Where you hit her beforehand, her human skin peels away, uh-huh. and a hideous green, rubbery skin begins to bulge outwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in this case, what is going to happen is I'm going to get my bloody and two-handed axe okay. and, um, like, lay on. Fantastic. There's a total of five refresh tokens from previous encounters that you can claim right now if you want to. Each one will okay. give you an. Will refresh one one token by or one of your abilities by one point. So okay. you can take all five and dump five points into your warfare if you choose. Uh, I'll leaving take, poor Mandrake without any. I'll take three and put them into warfare if that's you all. You got right. it. Okay. Yep. Now sounds I'll good. Immediately spend that. Fantastic. Uh, is it just one d six I roll? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Uh, so that's a four on the dice. For a total of seven points. Yeah, I've got a plus okay. two damage modifier from having this axe. That'll be, yep, that'll be under damage. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. You're two points short of critting. Do you want to spend the investigative ability points on extra damage? Oh, that's why I shall go with spot frailty, because uh, frail yeah. things next. Okay, that's it. That is certainly true. I'll have you roll me 3d6. Okay. You dare. You dare oh. lay hands on me. One, five, and two makes a total of eight. Plus two okay, damage. Plus, plus two for damage, yep, is a total of ten. Yes. Fantastic. You've done 33 points of damage to her. She is most remarkably annoyed. At this point, the whole bottom half of her body is bulging out of its human skin. Mm-hmm. Frog parts sort of sliding out, popping the human skin away from it as her natural form begins to take place. This huge... Um, bulbous, slimy monstrosity, and right at her feet continues to lie a mandrake. But you've done an amazing job. Her back half is largely paralyzed. She's mm-hmm. keeping herself up with one of her sort of front 
arms and her mouth begins to unhinge. Who goes next, Mandrake or her? Mm, uh, no, Mandrake. Okay. Yeah. Mandrake, what yes. do you do? You know, I said that mosquitoes bite more when there's a full moon. Well, there was a full moon last night. <laughs> <laughs> Come to me, my little pretties. And a swarm of mosquitoes swarming oh. down on her, covering her, oh. all of them sucking out her blood. Like thousands and There's millions two- of them. Glorious. There's two refresh tokens if you want to dump those into your sorcery attack. I'll do that if I were you. Uh, yeah, okay, yep. Yeah. Right, so what am I doing? Uh, so you uh, probably want to make, make a okay, sorcery attack. so I'm going to knock three points off sorcery. That's going to take okay. me down to zero, so hopefully this is going to do some good. Mm-hmm. So I've rolled in D6 plus three, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah, okay. Ooh, two plus three is five. Five. Hey, it's, did you include the three, the those two points oh, I no, just said were refresh tokens? Seven. Okay, seven. All right. Can Good. I do anything with a ability? Uh, you may do something with an ability. Sure. What do you Leech want to do? Leechcraft. Mm-hmm. It's kind of blood sucky stuff. Sure. Leechcraft means that you know the sensitive areas of the body. You know how to give, yeah. how to hurt people, how to poison them, how then. to give them diseases, how to. So I yeah. uh, That sounds fantastic. Roll me. Right. Roll me um, 2d6, please, and tell me what they are. Uh, seven. Okay, total seven. Fantastic. Damn it. Uh, right. Okay, so here's what happens. She, having stopped looking at you after she got almost cut in half by uh, this guy with an axe, and is sort of dragging herself towards him, her mouth unhinging when all of your mosquitoes settle in and begin to settle and suck her blood. Her tongue snaps out. She paws at them ineffectually, slipping and dropping onto the ground. And you watch as the uh, as the carnivorous flies begin to turn red and swollen with her blood. She doesn't scream. There is a hissing, burbling, slucking sound. And as you watch as that one more time, that sort of boom, the sound of a gong, but without any actual noise, chimes. And she simply vanishes. Yeah, how rude. Most unfortunate. If you'll excuse me, Master, and um, peg it down the stairs. Okay. Um, is the manservant still there? Uh, the manservant is still there, yes. Yes, well, um, swift kick to the head. Okay, done. Uh, and then sling him over my shoulder and right. race back up. Um, and then we shall commence Operation Frame Up. Right. So you currently have you currently have the Inquisitor impaled on a uh, on a, oh the thing I didn't do beforehand. Hey Russ, here is how corruption works. Um, when you internalize corruption, you make me a health test. You spent three points, so your health test is going to be for difficulty seven. If you make it, one small thing changes on your body. If you fail, something changes on your body that will be recognizable to other people. Uh, you may spend points off your health if you wish, though that might drive you unconscious. Very, very low, yeah. Okay. Uh, so no, I'm not going to, which means I can't make that roll. Which means you can't make that roll. Okay, tell me what changes well, it's about It's got to be something insect-like, hasn't it? Uh, it does. Ooh. My eyes become compound eyes. Okay, that's amazing. And you know, and the way that this works is that it doesn't really have a game effect, but over time, your character changes in appearance and people start to react differently based on that um, as they're transformed into something that used to be human and no longer is. 
Okay, you now have compound eyes. You look over from where you're lying on the ground. Your head is throbbing. Your neck hurts more than anything you've ever felt before. You'll need high neck collars. It's going to leave a scar. And you can see the ruins of your mother's statue, her, her, the broken statue of her head staring at you. And right there behind her ear, the prized chrysalis from the alchemically engineered insect that you've been working on, completely uninjured. Ah, thank goodness for that. Silas, how are you going to handle the frame up? Well, what we've got is we've got your classic situation of a inquisitor gone bad, uh, starts getting into occult activity, makes a <clears throat> human sacrifice of uh, this chap here, and um, <laughs> is uh, just blown away by uh, all the various things and powers of which he could not control. It didn't have to be uh, particularly well done. A few mystic scrolls and uh, mm-hmm. then ooh fortunately I brought a fortunately I brought a head with me master I think you best wear this <laughs> and let, let us, let's be out of here swiftly before the authorities have their attention brought here yes I think that is wise uh, fantastic I think the, the most important question I have for you now Peter is do you wish to spend your point of ridiculous luck yes <laughs> the 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 person who comes to investigate turns out to be the least competent investigator in the church, notorious for not for um, for being venal, corrupt, and uh, and not particularly careful. Uh, and so the two of you limp out. Is there anything you wish to take with you as you leave? Is there anything valuable looking? Of course there is. Uh-oh. Not super valuable looking, but but his his tributes, the things that he saved from his life in the church that were most important to him. The silver cup, that shield that may you know that that meant so much that it looks like it's incredibly well made. Oh, marvelous! Um, I'm sure these will melt down nicely. And assisting Mandrake, the two of you make your way out of the tower, out into the cold and cleansing rain, past the gate with the impaled body on it, and the crowd of people oh, nearby. Oh, shocking! Shocking! What this city's coming to? A Foul sorcerers of- everywhere. A swarm of bugs drives the onlookers away as you make your way to the cart. Mm-hmm. Um, and with a grunt as Silas uh, la- uh, lashes himself into the harness and pulls uh, the injured man away. Giddy up, Silas. Giddy up. Okay. <laughs> the adventure draws to the close. Fantastic. Thank you very much for running, Kurt. That was fun. <laughs> well, we good.